So Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, we're going to have a look there. So this is, uh, this is uh, Isaiah writing down what uh, God is speaking to him, and he says this, But forget all that. It is nothing compared with what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have begun, already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I spoke a couple of weeks, a bit, weeks ago about this verse um, with the emphasis on what are you seeing? What are you seeing? And uh, if you remember, I showed a short video um, of a mask of Charlie Chaplin turning and, and the way that your brain uh, interprets what it sees and show, it tells you something that you know isn't true. Uh, and, and how sometimes our the way we see things is fully influenced by our experiences from the past, what we've been taught uh, is true, all those kinds of things. And sometimes the things that we are seeing aren't actually what God is doing. We're missing what God's doing because it's something different. Um, and it doesn't fit into what our experiences have been previously. So if uh, I, I felt um, there was a real prophetic edge to that message, so I encourage you to listen to it. But I want to go on today. I want to drop into the next part of this passage that says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So verse 19. And I was, um, I was it's quite interesting this morning with Mark with his song choices. Um, it's, it's quite amazing how I don't, I've, I've given up being surprised by God orchestrating things. Because uh, happened, it's happened so many times. So the first couple of songs we sung were about victory. We're about seeing the miraculous, about seeing breakthrough take place, about seeing uh, unexpected things happen um, because of God and what he's done for us. And so I just want to land on this passage. And my theme is this morning is to expect the unexpected. Sometimes when we're looking to see something new that God's doing, we're not looking for something unexpected. Sometimes we're hoping for it, but we're not actually looking for it. I'm, I'm constantly surprised by the number of followers of Jesus who get surprised by God doing something miraculous. Are you with me? We, we come to this, uh, in, in our terms of our, our, our education, the world we live in, We've got everything is boxed up and, and it's got to be factual and it's got to be reason. You've got to have facts and you've got to have reason for why you believe what you believe. If you're going to believe something and there's no facts and no reason, then someone's going to challenge it and someone's going to question it in our world. And, so, and sometimes that has fallen into the way we think about our faith as well, which is quite weird when you think about it because we come together on a Sunday morning, we live our lives in belief that a God that we can't see is active in our lives and we're giving him room to do that. And yet we're not expecting amazing, supernatural, unseen things happen. We often walk around as if, yeah, God's with me, but there's not this view that he's going to do something expected today, unexpected today, sorry. We live with this thing that we plan our lives out and that's how my day will go. Right? We have our calendars and we, we mark out our days and we have our appointments and our meetings and our emails and our, everything that we do and we structure our lives hugely. And in amongst that, God is wanting to break out with something unexpected because that's a normal part of His character. 
because he operates outside of our realm of natural thinking. Are you with me? And, and one of the signs of God's activity and His presence in our lives is unexpected things happening. That's a normal part of a follower of Jesus' life. If you've got Holy Spirit active in your lives, then unexpected things happening around you is a normal characteristic of a follower of Jesus. It shouldn't be a surprise. Let me put it that way. It should be something that we go, yes, absolutely, that should happen because I've got the God of the supernatural, the God who is the God who makes impossible things possible. We've just been declaring it and singing it all morning who wants to make the walls that, that hold us back, that restrain us from being all that He's called it. He wants those walls to fall. He wants those things that oppose us to be broken down. That's a normal part of a Christian life. And Jesus, and, and in this thing, Isaiah is prophesying, he says, I've already begun, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now those two areas, pathway in the wilderness, rivers in a desert or in dry wastelands. Both of those things, if you take them figuratively, are talking about the same thing. Okay? Really what they are both saying is, I don't expect to see a road or a pathway in the wilderness, but there's one God's providing there. You don't expect when you go to a desert to see a river. That generally is not definition of a desert, right? A desert doesn't have a flowing water source in it. Otherwise, it's not a desert. So it's both those things, figuratively speaking, are unexpected things. What Isaiah is declaring and through and God's speaking to us about, I think, is that we are walking in places that are dry, that are wastelands, that are deserts, that are, um, that are wildernesses at times, and we walk through those. But often in those moments, we expect those places to stay as they are designed to be, as a desert or a wasteland or a wilderness. But God's saying, actually, I want to do something new. Don't expect what you've had before when you're walking through this situation. Expect the unexpected because I actually can do that. If you, um, if you know a bit of your, um, a bit of the Bible, this, uh, these two, two lines actually directly reference the Exodus story. What I mean by that is if you were a, a Hebrew reading this passage out of Isaiah and this prophecy, straight away when he references the idea of a pathway in the wilderness and streams in the desert, your mind will go to the story that you know, which is of your story, your origin story about the Exodus story. Because if you know the story of Exodus, it is all about a people being led into the wilderness and God taking them on a path and a journey through the wilderness. And while they were there in the wilderness and the desert, God supplied them with living water and water in unexpected places. And so when, when uh, the ancient Israelites read or heard this prophecy, to them they would jump back into the story of Exodus and remind themselves of their origin and what is a normal part of Hebrew thought, which is God is able to do 
exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think, ask, or imagine, as Paul writes it. The unexpected was normal for them when they were walking through the wilderness. In fact, it became the unexpected became so normal that it became expected. Right? E.g., let's take an example. How they were fed each day, manna and quail. Every day, for 40 years, they would wake up and there was this funny manna substance on the ground. And then if you read the story, every day, they would have a whole flock, thousands upon thousands. You're thinking, if you take estimates of numbers, we're talking between 800,000 and a million people at this time in the people of Israel. That's a lot of quail. And every day, a flock of quail would come and it would land in their camp amongst a million people and they would have the food that they need to eat. In a wilderness, in a desert. If that's not a little bit unexpected, then you probably need to rethink your unexpectedness. But for the people of Israel, they got used to it. In fact, if you know the story, there comes to a point where they actually get a little bit sick of the manna and the quail. It's the same meal again. It's the same old fry pan microwave meal with a bit of barbecue added on the side. And I want to go back to Egypt. I remember an old song from Keith Green where he says, I want to go back to Egypt. Hamburgers. Mm. And then he goes through a whole bunch of stuff. But they got sick of the, what was unexpected. What was the miraculous became something that so affected the way they thought that they no longer recognised what was unexpected. What are you seeing? And it's quite funny because I'm not sure about you, but I haven't recently struck a rock with a stick and had a gush of water come out that's enough to feed a million people. Has anyone had that experience recently? Uh, no, I haven't tried. But it was unexpected solution, right? But it's interesting if you read the story in Exodus 17, Moses is there, the people are complaining because manna and, and, and quail wasn't enough of an unexpected thing of the miraculous of God being able to provide that they were walking through, that they were complaining about the lack of water because they came to a brook that was, was stale water. And they were complaining and saying, You're gonna, we're going to die of thirst here. And God says to Moses, go and whack a rock. And he goes and whacks a rock. And a stream is formed, a river is formed in the wilderness, in the desert. Interestingly enough, if you go into a later part of the story in Numbers chapter 20, the same thing happens. The people are complaining because they don't have water. And then God says to Moses, he says, go and speak to the rock and I'll produce water for the people. Moses takes his stick and he whacks the rock. 
God in His graciousness still produced water. But the interesting thing is that it even affected Moses. That what had been unexpected in his experience previously became expected so that he misunderstood what God said. Some would say he probably disobeyed it. But I reckon it was actually his brain because his previous experience had been, God, I whacked a rock and so I'm going to whack it again because I know that works. God in his graciousness supplied water. But sometimes I think we're like that as well. God does something miraculous in our lives. We forget that. And when we come across another obstacle, that's the same, maybe. We expect God to do the same thing, but He's actually looking for us to look for something different or the unexpected. Because I believe that God wants us to be on a journey of faith. He wants us to be on a journey where we expect the unexpected. It's part of seeing the something new is that you and I are expecting the unexpected. We've got to constantly be checking our lenses to see what we're looking for and see what we're seeing. What I find really interesting is when you go to Paul, he reads this whole story. And in 1 Corinthians 10, he says that the rock, itself, rock was Christ. See, he had a completely different lens on the story. See, he read that story of Exodus and he said, you know, Jesus was with us all the time, but we just never knew it because he was in a form we weren't expecting it. But he was supplying our needs right back then. He was meeting us with the unexpected right back then. He was present with us in every situation. We were just unaware of it. How many times do we get the stories in Scripture where humans are in the presence of God and they're unaware of it. And it's not until something happens or something triggers them that they go, ah, oh, I missed it, but God was here. And sometimes I wonder whether that is true for us today. See, I said one of the signs of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is unexpected things happening. Now, what are those things? I'm going to give you four S's of what, they, what I think those things can be for you. Unexpected things that you can be looking for. The first one is supply. See, God wants to unexpectedly supply to you what you need. And I think that is a normal part of the journey of a Christian is that we see the unexpected supply of Jesus who provides what we need. Particularly in moments when we're really, really struggling. That he'll supply something. It might not be what we're hoping for because sometimes he does something unexpected. We're expecting one thing, he does something different. But he is a supplier of our needs. He's Jehovah Jireh. The second S that I have is solutions. See, I aim in Totoko, what Sonia said earlier about the fact that we're all creative people. 
I actually have this personal belief that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have more creativity available to you than you ever imagined. Because the creator of the heavens and the earth is living in you. And there are solutions, there are ideas, there are, there are things that are in you that you have no idea. You're facing a problem, you're facing a challenge, you're facing a difficulty, that there are creative solutions available for you through the Holy Spirit present in your life because God's the God of the unexpected. You know, one of the things that I, I've often over the years in, in my journey of, of leading and, and, and trying to follow Jesus while leading a church and all of that is there are moments when I go, I actually have no idea how to deal with this situation. It happens quite regularly, actually. There are times when I think I know how to deal with a situation and I try it my way and it ends up horrible. Has anyone ever? I, I can name it, I, I won't name them, but I can think of at least, at least five situations where it got, and this is just off the top of my head as I was prepping, I was going, I'm not gonna name them, but I can think of at least five situations where I've thought I had a really good idea for a solution and it made it worse. And I realized afterwards when I reflected on it, I realized that solution wasn't a creative solution from Holy Spirit. It was something that came from my own strategy and my own wisdom rather than from Holy Spirit. And I think that Holy Spirit has got creative solutions for us. He's got supply. He's got solutions. He's got strategies. There are times when we, the solution and the strategy for what we're facing is not something that you're going to, Listen to the next podcast about or listen to the greatest answer or the five points to success in this particular thing. But it's actually going to come from spending time in the presence of God and asking Him for a strategy to meet that situation. And what concerns me sometimes is because of our, the way we're trained and even, even some of the way we've, our faith works God is our last resort instead of our first point of call. I want to encourage us, if we're going to be people that are going to see the new thing that has already begun, we need to be putting God first because He's got strategies, He's got solutions, He's got supply for us. My last one is He's got steps. He's got steps. And some of you will say, well, isn't that the same as strategy? No, it's not. <laughs> strategy is something where you're looking for an outcome and you're strategizing on how you're going to get there. The step is the next thing in the process where I'm right at. So you can strategize till the cows come home, comes home, but sometimes God puts the next step somewhere different. You've got the strategy and you even feel it's God and you're heading towards it, and you've committed yourself to it, and then God, in the process of you outworking a strategy, puts a different step in the middle of it. Because it's unexpected. And some of you will say, well, didn't He give you the strategy in the first place? Yeah, He did. But sometimes God being God, He's looking for the daily response. I talked about that last week, you know, that we, we have to daily commit ourselves to giving ourselves over to the will of God and to the plan of God in our lives. So yes, he gives us strategy, but he also gives us the next step. And there have been many times when I would say <laughs> that he's done that to me and it's awkward 
See, I believe, and I want to finish with this passage out of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel chapter 47. I believe that part of the plan for us as the people of God is that we become the source of the pathway in the wilderness and the stream in the desert. And the reason I say that is because this world is crying out for people who have pathways and water. Crying out for people who know how to get supply, who know how to get solutions, who know how to get strategies and know how to get steps. Because the situations we face in this world are complex enough that our world doesn't know how to solve them anymore. And I fully believe that it's the time for the people of God to be suppliers of pathways and water to our world. Read with me in uh, Ezekiel uh, 47. And this is a vision that Ezekiel had of um, the temple. And it starts off in the beginning of uh, the chapter and he saw a stream flowing from the door of the temple. But he gets into verse, uh, verse 6 and 7. Have you been watching, son of man? Same question as we talked about two weeks ago. What are you seeing? Are you actually seeing what you need to be seeing? Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. In other words, he assumed that Ezekiel hadn't seen it. So he took him back over it again. So just a summary, the beginning of the chapter, it talks about this idea of a stream flowing out of the door of the temple. And the further it went from the te- temple, the bigger the stream got. The deeper it got, the wider it got, the further from the temple. It led me back along the riverbank, verse 7. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees. See, he missed some stuff. I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing along both sides of the river. And then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things where the water water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engedi to Englem. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and they will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be good for food and the leaves for healing. I'm not sure whether you noticed as you read through that, but there is a lot of unexpected things that are happening in that particular vision in that story. A lot of unexpected things. And the imagery that Ezekiel's presenting to us is that if you're a follower of Jesus, those unexpected things are normal part of you being in the presence of God and having the presence of Jesus in you. 
I love the pictures of this. And it draws me back to what Jesus said in, in John chapter 7 at, um, on the temple steps. And he says there, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water shall flow from his heart. That deep within us, God wants us to be the source of the unexpected things. He wants us to be the source of the living, the living water that He's given us, that we've received from Him, that that becomes a source for the people around us, for the world around us, that we provide them with solutions, we provide them with supply, we provide them with strategies, we provide them with steps, because that's a normal part of followers of Jesus, that we see the unexpected happen around us. And so my challenge to us today is, How's your relationship with God? Because this whole thing is dependent on coming to Jesus and drinking. Of realizing that our fruit and our source is Him. See, one of my biggest concerns I have for the church and, and moving forward in the future is Things aren't going to get quieter. They're going to get busier. We're going to have to work harder if we're going to survive in this world. That's the message that this world will give us. And I want to say the message of following Jesus is the opposite to that. We have to rest more. We have to get into the presence of God more. We have to prioritize our relationship with Him more because it's in that that the supply comes, that the strategies come, that the solutions come, that the steps come that make the work less. See, I love the fact that set up into creation and into the creation story is God Himself worked hard, yes, but He rested. He took time. Jesus modeled it for us in his life. He lived a Sabbath life. He lived a life of working hard, ministering out of the living water, but he took time aside and he prioritized time aside to be with his Father, to be in the presence of God because he knew that the source was that, the source of his supply, the source of his solutions, the source of his strategies and his steps was not in the fact that he was God in flesh, it was in his relationship with Holy Spirit on his life. And if that was true for Jesus, how much more is it true for you and I? So my challenge for us this year, I've laid down a few in the last three weeks, is let's not make 2023 a year where we get back after COVID has gone into the rhythms and routines that we had prior to COVID or even during COVID. But that we take enough time in 2023 to, to stop and to go, what are my priorities and where do I need to prioritize my relationship with Jesus? Because out of that flows everything I need for every other area of my life. Now, that's not a new message, it's an old one, but it's a new one for today. 
I'm going to pray. God, thank you for your, your presence with us. Thank you that it's so flippin' hot. Thank you that my friends have been able to stay awake. But more than anything, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're present with us. No matter what situation we're in, no matter what we're facing, you have a solution. You have supply for us. You have strategy, you have steps. God, help us to put you first. To take the time to measure our lives and to analyze our lives and go, where do I need to shift stuff? Where do I need to give up stuff? Where do I need to change priorities? So that I can bring the source of everything back into the center. Because I want to see a road in the wilderness. I want to see a pathway in the wilderness. I want to see streams in the desert. I want to see the unexpected be something normal around my life. And that people see you active through me. That they would encounter you and your love for them through the river that flows from me. That people would find healing, would find hope, would find answers because I've committed myself to being a source of your living water to them through the way I live my life. God, I, I ask that you'd help us with that. In Jesus' name, amen.